0: Jesus said, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Welcome to the Evangelia Show. Hear life-changing testimonies from our Paradise Cook Islands with your host Mania Clark Mamanu.
1: Kiorana, welcome back to the Evangelia Show two thousand. And 23. I'm really blessed to have uh, my next guest, Vernon Horn He's the husband of Talitha Horn Who uh, we interviewed last year And it's such a pleasure to have you with us today, Vern And to start off our new year, breakthrough year For 2023, sharing your testimony yeah,
0: Thank you, the honour is mine I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I'm excited Amen and Thank you
1: for having me Amen, Amen. So let's start with the beginning, where are you from?
0: Okay, so I'm from New Zealand, um, Auckland, born and bred in GI, a lot of Cook Islanders there. Yeah, so we were born and bred in GI, Point England, um, my mum's Māori, she's from Poroti, so she's here, and my dad's Scottish, um, mm. and just a good old Kiwi bloke. I have three brothers and one sister.
1: How was your upbringing?
0: Was actually really good. We lived in a cul de sac or a roundabout area, and all the kids just played a lot. It was hard at times. Um, we were uh, surrounded by a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, a lot of um, abuse, or a lot of fighting around our neighborhood. But other than that, the kids, like for us, our parents did their best to upbring us, um, teach us things that would help us through life. But it was yeah, it was pretty good.
1: Was that um, drug and alcohol drinking part of your upbringing from yes, your parents? So, that,
0: yeah, um, so the alcohol side was a lot of um, the upbringing on my side, where we we're just around it constantly. Um, even the neighbours, so it's just mm. pretty much everyone around. But you have your, I guess a classic Kiwi thing is is um, sports on a Saturday, where your parents drink after rugby, mm. and then it's like they drive home drunk or mm. anything like that, which was just normal back then. And also just violence at the club rooms, but then also when you get home, you have your neighbours where they're fighting quite a lot mm. as well. So mm. it was quite a toxic environment, but our parents try to help us deal with it, through it. But mm. um, there's little cracks that happen mm. as we grow up that we're surrounded by it, and we got introduced to it quite at a young age as
1: well. Was God or faith a part of your upbringing?
0: Not at all, mm-hmm. so there was nothing, nothing about God, didn't even know who God was, didn't even know it was a name, um, so nothing at all in my life.
1: Prior to meeting Tales, what sort of life were you leading?
0: I was heavily involved in sports, particularly rugby, So. Um, all I did was play rugby, all I did was play sports like touch, so you'd play rugby in the s- winter, touch in the summer, and I was brought up, um, that's all I did, and playing PlayStation quite a lot as well, but that's all I did where it was literally like that would have been an idol for me, it's like um, you're born, they bred you, they moulded you, also at school and in clubs where they just moulded you, this is what you're going to be, this is who you are, this is what you got to do, so all all it was for me was to play sport um, nothing else and eventually just have fun with friends as well.
1: Mm. So what led to you meeting her?
0: Our best friends were dating at the time so my best friend was dating her best friend and then um, from there that's how we met um, that's how we got introduced Um, she was not into white guys um, but
1: you're half cast
0: yes i'm a half caste, but because of my skin color she's like no nah, you're white and i'm oh. like okay and then i guess that made it more interesting for me i'm like okay so we were at four we we're like i was 14 she was 15 at this age and then i was like sweet i love a challenge i'm gonna try and make her like me and um so from there we just got to know each other and then yeah mm. and then from there we just started moving forward but actually What happened was I had a big rugby game the next day. So when I first met her, we spent pretty much from, it must have been like 7 o'clock at night to about 3 in the morning where we were just hanging out, talking, all four of us. And um, I had to go home. So I only got like two hours sleep. And then I ended up um, snapping and dislocating my ankle in this rugby game. And then that's where a lot of things changed for me where i started challenging where i got a challenge in my life
1: Mm. where i
0: didn't know how to deal with a lot that was
1: going on you end up you know becoming a couple how did the fact that tiles came from a pastor's daughter um, affect your view of god
0: because i didn't know anything about god It didn't really affect me, but it made me question God because of the way sometimes his people acted, if that made sense. Mm. Um, One of the biggest ones was, I didn't know anything about the Bible, I didn't know about people growing, but one of the things was, okay, if God's this big God, how can people who don't know me not accept me? And then I made it as a God problem where I'm like, so you're a God that only picks people that you want or you're only a God that will get people that have certain behavior traits you assume like, the like, attitude
1: that people have is must be the attitude that God has
0: yeah, exactly so then I put it on that and I'm like, nah, this is wrong like like the you
1: assume that God thinks that way too
0: yeah, I assume that that's exactly what he thought. and I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with God or even people like that if they can't accept you for who you are or the way you act I don't want anything to do with him or Mm. people but that's when I made a people problem a God problem which made me not want anything to do with him yet it was nothing to do with God
1: so how was your and Tal's relationship
0: our relationship was actually really good
1: because she actually let, ran away from home. Yes, she, she ran away us. home
0: to stay at my house. Um, and my mum and dad didn't know. Um, so she actually had to hide. <laughs> it was for about a week. Because we're only about 15 at this age. Um, to at this stage, sorry. And um, so I went to my mum and dad. So I had to make up a story. I said she got kicked out of her house. And then uh, I just said, oh, she's going to stay with us for a while. And so she ended up living with me for like two three months
1: wow they just accepted you whatever you said yeah
0: it it hurts me now just thinking about a lot of the things I did to the ones that loved me the most Mm. but at that time I couldn't see it because I was so infatuated with myself we lived at my mum and dad's house for about two months and then things got a bit um, uneasy especially with um, my sister and some of my brother's um, then also my mum and dad where it just got hard, so we ended up running away and um, <laughs> we lived on the street for about three days, and then we decided we we're just like this ain't sort of a good life. Um, I'll go back home. I'm gonna go back to school because um, I need to get back into my sport. And then she went back to her mum and dad's, and then she had to get back into work. You know, so we sort of had the split, but it, it was hard at the time but every weekend I'd come out and see her in this time but then there was an age where we got to about I think it was 16 17 um, she got introduced to some people that stole cars at 16 17 we started stealing cars and then we got into robbing houses as well it was mostly just we were bored but we had no idea Who we were or what we were going to do in life For me um, When I broke my ankle At f- 15 I had no idea Who I was anymore It's like people go you'll come back You'll be the same, you'll be this But they didn't realise the mental battle Of what it's I like was your going was through yeah, or Your my sense whole,
1: of destiny Or hope Yeah,
0: yeah so my whole wow. identity was gone I was just like even though I try to come back, people never looked at me the same as before it happened. So, before it happened, were you I had a promising
1: player. Yeah. You?
0: So, so, I was a promising player coming up, and I had, like, they just molded me and built my identity and this, this is who you are, this is who oh, you're going to become. And then when I came back, I didn't have the speed, my attitude was different. Yeah. And then they sort of, people start to turn their back on you, where it's like, okay. We're not worried about you anymore. There's other players coming through. And then without realising it, I felt that my parents did it to me as well, which they didn't. But when they started looking at my little brother coming up, I was like, okay, what what now? If I can't get your attention because I'm not as good as what I was, maybe I'll get your attention doing stupid stuff. So that's sort of what pushed I guess a bit of me But also trying to please Tao's a bit more I was like Actually I want you to like me more So I'm going to do I'm going to do this stuff You know So I got into this mold of I'm just going to steal cars So we stole cars Like every single night It was like a job for us Monday to Friday Um, Then on the weekends We'll start drinking With our friends Getting into drugs And then we did it for about Two years Hurting those people That were closest to us That loved us And we literally slept in the cars we stole So we're back to this place of No homes Yeah, no homes, you know But it was all our own decisions And then there were a few moments there um, Where there were life-threatening things that happened Like, for example, high-speed chases When you're getting chased by cops
1: Were they miraculous, were they?
0: They definitely were Without knowing it Um... At that time, that was definitely God's hand over us as a couple. Um, So there was this one time where we were in botany. I know exactly where we were in botany. I know the roads and everything. So we were in botany and we stole this car, um, the Sabaru. And then um, the police ended up coming as we got in and started it. And then they sort of turned on their lights. They were going to get out to come see what we were doing. But um, we started the car and we just took off. So we're flying down these streets at about 120 to 180 k's and then we hit the straight road in Botany, it's like the back road um, and you're just flying, we're just flying at like 180 k's you have about two, three cop cars chasing us at that time Mm -hmm. and they call it um, brake locking so you have to tap the brakes in your car when you're in a Subaru when you're at high speeds because you can lock the brakes and then lose control and so Taos is tapping this brake and as we're driving she's trying to turn at the same time to go down this other, um, go down in this intersection so the lights are red um, oh, the way wow. we're going but we're just flying, we're like we don't want to get caught so the lights are red and then you have these two poles you have the big light post that keeps light at the intersection but then you have the lights as well and we're flying and the brakes lock and we're just coming to a slide and we're just sliding and we fly right through the middle of all these poles and we end up hitting um it's like a cement wall but we had slowed down enough where the airbags didn't come out and we end up just running off um just getting out of there because we don't want to get caught by the cops we don't get caught but at the same time when i think back i'm like that speed—it's
1: mar- hundred and eighty.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, there was also another one. This one was um, and we've just sort of started settling down. Where we're like, okay, we need to stop this because Tows ended up going to prison. She would have shared that. Yes. Um, shared her story and then the encounter there, and then that was the first for me. Um, her encounter with God of an angel protecting her. I was just like, wow. This God must be real like when she told me that because I couldn't believe it at other times but when she told me that things started to change in me where I went back to school so we're still very young at this mm. age I wasn't even 18 yet so then I hit about 17 she came out of jail um, then we started hanging out again because at that time when she was in jail we weren't actually together it was like an on again off again thing at this time but for some reason we couldn't get away from each other so my parents tried to move me away so when they moved over to australia i moved over with them
1: i see to
0: try help with like just because so much bad stuff was happening around us um and just when we're together it's like we just bought a lot of negative and bad times together so my parents thought yeah Move to Australia, wow. you'll be all right. And then within two months, um, I was just like, Nah, I can't do it here. I'm moving back. Um, I started getting quite depressed and into drinking quite a lot. And I was just like, Nah, send me back. So they sent me back here, and then um, me and Taos ended up getting back together. And I was just like, Man, that was hard, you know. But it's like God just kept drawing us back mm, together. Mm. Like even though we're sometimes our parents or other people would try walk us in a different direction, God would always bring us back together. I did get caught quite a bit, but I would spend the weekends in the cells.
1: What were some other instances where you you know, you felt God was had his hand on you guys?
0: Um this one would have to be the biggest one for us. No, actually it would be one of the biggest ones for me, sorry is there was this one time we were, um, in a car, it was our own this time, so we owned this car, well, Taos's sister Maya owned it, and we're just in the car, and, um, we went to go see one of our friends, and, um, myself, Taos, Maya, and then this friend came, so me and Taos fell asleep, Taos was in the back seat, I was in the front seat, I remember my seatbelt on, laying down, and then, um... And then we're driving. Like oh, I had no idea we were driving. Um, the moment I woke up, so I woke up from a big flashlight. It's just a big white, bright light, and constant screaming, like um, air pinching, very loud screaming. Really. And then when I came to, or when I looked. I was standing outside outside the car that we were in and I was just looking like, what is just, what's going on? Um, And we had just hit a pole. And so the story is this guy ended up driving the car. Um, He was a diabetic. So he had no Mm. idea and his sugar levels went low and he fell asleep while he was driving and we went flying into this pole. Um, When we ended up looking at the car when we got it back, the side I was on was completely crushed completely crushed and um at that time My I goodness. just thought like I survived but then as I started replaying back so once I got saved I started having this conversation with a friend and then we heard him tell the story about how God saved him from a bus crash and then I talked to him about this car and I was just like wow and I sat and looked at towels and she looked straight back at me and I go I had a God encountering moment where an angel saved me. So, mm. but so at the we,
1: time, you fully thought, what did you think at the time?
0: At the time, I was thinking, I don't want to get a hiding from my mum and dad because I'm not meant to be out this late.
1: <laughs> but you, hey, eh, but you just got but outside I just got, of a car, standing there. Yeah, exactly. And it's crushed in. It's your where exactly where you're sitting is crushed into a pole.
0: Exactly. At that time, I had no idea what it was, but then as I started thinking about, it, I was like, "Okay, I know for a fact I had my seatbelt on."
1: You had your seatbelt on.
0: I know for a fact I did it. I couldn't open my door. I know for a fact that I didn't move. As soon as I came to, I was just standing there looking at the car.
1: Because you were asleep.
0: Because I was asleep. You were
1: asleep, and then you woke up standing.
0: Standing outside the car. Wow. And then um, and then when we came to, we was just like. Wow! I got saved from an angel, and then, and then this is some of the stuff where I'm just like, how? Like, how can you take me from a car without flying out the window, without completely getting squashed, exactly. without taking off the seatbelt to have me standing outside?
1: It's that's um, Paul and Tanya's prayers and everyone else's exactly. prayers for you, right?
0: Exactly, because there were people praying for us.
1: Absolutely
0: because of the some of the dumb decisions we decided to do and it's just like and then that's where like i was just like wow i had this god moment without even realizing it
1: back then until recently as you were talking to a friend yeah saying amazing so that's
0: that was one of the biggest miracles encounters i've ever come across that i'm just like it still bobbles my mind. I believe in I God and what totally he can do. I agree. He but just, just literally like,
1: took you out in between through the car. Yeah, out of the car.
0: It's like one of those movie moments. So yeah, it's like just a teleportation thing. Teleportation. You know? But it's just like how? You know
1: but it, nothing's impossible for God. Eh? Exactly. So, um for yourself, how and when did you actually encounter the lord for yourself and and surrender your life to him
0: so i was at the age of 22 so i was quite depressed i was i had a job um i drank a lot i got into drugs a lot and um i was quite a negative person all at the same time as being on um a youth leader at our church but i wasn't saved How they wanted to keep us involved was to keep us a part of it, if that made sense.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So this was um, at our old church. They kept us there, but they had no idea what I was going through or what I was doing. Wow. They weren't too sure if I was saved. Um, But then we were going through this journey of just keeping myself and Taos close. Because they knew what we were like. They knew what we did. So they just kept keeping us close. And um, there was a point there where I got invited to come over to Rarotonga. First time to the Cook Islands. Um,
1: so this was part of Paul and Tania's church at the time?
0: Yes. At this time, me and Paul didn't see eye to eye. We weren't close. We pretty much dug, each other, dug elbows into each other's back. I guess a lot of parents will understand that you, you want to protect your baby. Do you mm. want to protect your daughter or your son, whereas like it came to a point where I stepped in, and it's like nah she's she's mine. But you know, as a father, it's like you want to be there to protect, you want to be there to keep sure. them safe. And then maybe in his eyes at that time, he thought I was the one that was making her do all this bad mm. stuff. You, know, all you this were the, stuff. Bad was the bad influence. The bad influence.
1: Because you were still were you still living together at that time while you were youth leaders?
0: yes we were right so we were living together at that time as well um yeah so then i got there was this guy um very prophetic in his words and he um told paul he goes you need a so i came over to their house one day and then this guy saw me i don't know i was just carrying on as per normal um just say hello walk straight past them like that's the type of relationship i built because I had um, a lot of anger, hate and hurt at that time. So then... That, Towards authority? Um, other than my wife and my brother-in-laws and my brothers, you know, and close friends, I was sweet. But anyone else I was quite negative to or just didn't want a piece of it. So I walked straight through, just hiked, carried on. And then this guy, um, I forgot his name, but he told Paul at that time, he goes, Paul you need to take that boy on a missions trip with you Mm. and then just because of our relationship not being too strong um he was like i don't even know if he's saved i don't know if he's what's going on and then um that night tan goes i've been telling you you need to take him on a missions trip with you and now that you've heard it from him you're thinking about it and then like i think it was about a month a month paul was coming Raro, and um So he came and asked me, um, very hesitant myself, I said no. I was like, nah, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go to Rara, I don't wanna do anything. In my head I was like, I don't even wanna be around you. Um, It it hurt, it really hurt saying that now, but at that time that's what it was, Mm. you know, just a lot of hurt and a lot of pain I was going through. So then I was just going, through these things and then i went home and asked Taz like, oh guess what your dad asked me and she's like what it's like oh do i want to go to raro with him on a missions trip and she's like oh you should go and i was like nah i'm not going and then i started making up all these excuses of i'm not going like mm. i can't this this ain't gonna fix anything i would prefer to carry on doing what i'm doing because i'm okay with it and then so she sort of let it be. Then the next morning, we um we woke up and she go and she just said, Vern, I really think you should go because you need it. And then I'm just like, okay, I'll Hi. go. Yep. I wasn't courageous enough to go to him and say that I wanted to go. Instead, I text him and just said, Yeah, I'll come along with you. What's the cost? So we got the cost, we got that sorted. And um, flying here, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't know how the relationship was gonna be. Sure how we were going to connect with each other but then there were two other guys that came as well and I connected quite well with this really old guy just something intrigued me about him about his enthusiasm and just this uniqueness that he didn't worry about who he was Mm. but he knew who God was he knew who he was the same with all of these guys that we went with and then we just went the first day we came, um, Paul just goes, okay, guys, this is what's happening. we got ministry here, ministry here, ministry here. And in my head, I'm like, what? That's a lot of ministry. When's, when are we going to parties? When are we going to go? Parties? Yeah. I was like, when are we going to go do something else? Because in my mind, I was still thinking like.
1: You want to get away and I, party?
0: Yeah. This is what I, this is sort of what I do. And then um, the second night, I don't know, something just changed about it. So we said I sat in these ministries I was all by myself I was just like, yeah, yeah okay. And then I heard this message about um, agape love.
1: So who was whereabouts were you? So who? we
0: were at YWAM at this oh, time. So it was Paul YWAM. was coming to do a week's lesson at YWAM, and he brought some friends. And then um, he sh- This is a message he shared about agape love, and I've never heard love like it before. And then I was sitting there, and I was just like, okay okay if that's how God loves where he loves without wanting anything in return he just loves us without us even knowing or having to love him back like I was just intrigued by the type of love it was and then that night they were having um ministry so they were having their ministry set again and I just sat at the back by myself and I just said okay God if you're real it's just me and you if you're real I need you to show me that you're real I need you to tell me that actually I'm more than what I'm meant to be right now because at this time I felt useless, I felt Mm. lost I felt like a wreck I felt like everyone I loved I was constantly hurting I felt like all I was doing was going around in a circle where Monday to Friday I would work my job, Friday night I get paid, by Saturday morning I was broke because of my drinking Mm. um and I was just like this can't be life for me for the rest of my life there's no way and I just sat and I sat there and I started crying I just go if you're real show me you show me show yourself to me now and then I just felt this warm embrace like it just felt like someone hugged me and I opened my eyes because I thought someone came and gave me a hug and then I opened my eyes and looked and I was like what the heck just happened and I'm just crying and snot crying and I was like was that you and then, and then I just felt it again so I just kept my eyes closed because I didn't want to leave what I was feeling
1: and no one was there no
0: one was hands. there um they were all in their ministry they were, they were talking and, and I'm literally snot crying and crying oh. in this moment having this moment with God in his presence and I just felt that and I felt him go just say you're not hopeless
1: oh my god you're not
0: useless you're not a wreck you can be loved and i love you non-stop and then i just had this moment i just go you know what i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna do everything with my life to please you now not not understanding what that even meant because i'm having this encounter with god and then and then at that moment you know that night i just felt like a lot of my hate a lot of my hurt my pain Um, even the just some of the abuse that had happened to me all left and then I was able to have a a proper conversation with Paul where there was no anger towards him where there was no hurt and I just told him I go I think I've met Jesus and I've had this encounter and all I want to do is know about him and then we just started talking and he's like, like he asked what happened and I told him what happened at this moment and he's and he's looking at me like wow you know and i said i gave. i think i may have gave my life to him i don't know i just said you can have all of me now and um so we talk and so paul wants to go to he's he's a real good guy like i could see he was tired but my hunger to know jesus kept him awake
1: oh wow so
0: i would stay awake just asking him questions till like two o'clock in the morning and and often in our conversations he's like i think it's time i need to go sleep because i got i got this thing in the morning but i'm just like oh just one more just one more and he and he just kept going and he just kept telling me about god so i hadn't opened up my bible or any a bible or anything yet and then in that moment um i end up calling towels the next morning and i'm just like I don't know what's going on, but I've given my heart to Jesus. And she's and she's like, what? And she's like, I just gave my heart to God. And she's like, a shock came over her. Like I could hear it over the phone because we couldn't video call at that time. And she's just like, wow. And like her heart started to change. And I just felt loved even the way she talked to me. And we just started having this conversation about it. And like she said, she was proud of me. And that's the first time I heard anyone say that to me. Wow since I played rugby when I was 14. So in that moment, it was, it was about eight years. I never had anyone say they were proud of me. And as soon as I heard her say that, it changed. There was just so much happiness and joy in my heart.
1: Vernon, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but we'll continue on next week.
0: Cool, no worries. If you would like to discuss this testimony more, Email all lowercase
1: p number two t k a u r i at gmail.com. Kia
0: me takito ora e kia manuia. Ye yeah, koko.